This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome to an episode of a podcast that we don't know what yet, because I don't know where this is going. I'm, it's probably going to go on I Am Gotham feed, but we'll see. It might go on the Nerdy Legion feed. This is a special bonus episode to celebrate... The 25th anniversary of Harley Quinn. I know, guys. I know. Everyone's super excited. Uh, I'm excited. Joining me is Jay, who is quite often with me nowadays. He's my new podcast concubine. <laughs> for animated stuff, yeah. For animated stuff. And uh, from the defunct Rebirthically, soon to be the all-new, all-different Rebirthically podcast. <laughs> Is Aaron? refunk the word? Refunk. Ooh, that should be what you call it. The refunk <laughs> podcast. What does that even mean? Funked you oh, or something like that? Or? Yeah. Aaron and Ronnie are here. We're having a big roundtable celebration of Harley Quinn because we all love Harley so much. Right, guys? We all love Harley Quinn, right? Woo. Depends on which Harley you're talking about. Oh, here we go. Things are getting heated. If that's heated, wait until I start talking about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we're talking about DC, what is it called? DCU presents Batman Harley Quinn. Is that right? I think so. Movie came out, uh, let's see, in July, I think they premiered it. And yeah. then it was in theaters for a day or two. And now it's general release. I think maybe it came out in last week, two weeks ago, maybe. It's, uh, it's pretty recent. Towards the end yeah, of August. Yeah, it was in August. Oh, end of August. Okay, there you yeah. go. Now, we have all seen this. I wanted to see this. Uh, I threw it out there. Ronnie said he wanted to come join the chat. Then Jay wanted to join the chat. And then Aaron wanted to join the chat because we all thought this movie was going to be great. And was it? We're not going to talk about that yet. But we're going to talk about this movie just a little bit. What did you guys think? Overall impressions. Without too many spoilers, Aaron Bell. When do I ever spoil anything? Never. My overall opinion is I love the Kevin Conroy with Batman. Is that it? Because he's the best Batman. He is the best Batman. That is true. I really like the opening music, like the credits montage. Yeah, I've got some things to say about that. Yep. That's that's it? I, for me, I overall enjoyed it. See, I like that. That's good. Nice, succinct. Um, I, I enjoyed it as well. I thought it was uh, it was pretty well done. It was far from perfect. I know we talked about this beforehand. Far, far from perfect. But uh, there were good moments. I would say I enjoy the first half more than the second half. I would agree. So would I. All right, let's uh, let's kind of get into it a little bit. Ha, ha, before this film, by the way, did any of you guys know who the Floronic Man was? I cannot say that I did for sure. Like it, it was sounded familiar, but then I was like. Looking it up, I'm like, yeah, I have no idea. I had a vague idea. I remember hearing the name, and I may have read about it years ago, but I or some other point, but I I had forgotten. I, my experience with Floronic Man is very limited. I think he's been in like Justice League and Flash and whatever. Uh, matter of fact, tonight I, uh, I I did a little bit of research and I looked up if he and Poison Ivy had been in any comics together. Mm-hmm. Because the thing about Floronic Man is he's had multiple origins like at one point he's he's an alien from another dimension and they're it's all like plant people uh there's one origin story where he's poison ivy 
and um, Swamp Thing's uh, professor. Like he he was their teacher, both of theirs. Um, there's one where he did it. He wasn't um, Holland's professor, but he was Poison Ivy's. Um, there's been like a few different things. And as part of this movie, they kind of mix all those three things into one origin. But the problem I had is nobody knows who Floronic Man is. So yeah, to, kind of, to throw him in as the main villain of this film was a little odd. I, I agree with that. You know, I mean, I, I know a lot of people read tons of Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. I, I've never read a lot of it, and it seems like that would be where he would make most of his appearances. Right. So. Well, you, you know, would from, think, but that from from the research that I made, that's not the case. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. He, he just kind of been in and out. Like I said, he's been in Justice League. He's been in The Flash. He wasn't in Ellen Moore Swamp Thing. Um, and I believe that the stuff that I read in Shadow of the Bat today references some of that. But I haven't read that Swamp Thing in, I don't even know, dude, 15 years probably at least. Because hmm. um, that came out, what, mid-80s, I guess? Minute film. I already like Floronic Man 10 times better than Kite Man. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> I had to throw that in. <laughs> uh Good. Throw that in, because uh, Jack... Or, or, oh, oh, there's Ronnie. Ronnie, go ahead and defend your Kite Man, bro. Kite Man is indefensible. Uh, see, even Ronnie can't defend Kite Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's true. The lacking uh, Floronic Man more than Kite Man. Being a jackass. They're, well, they're both really two-bit. I will say, I know I, I kind of threw this in our chat earlier, um, but I read uh, Batman Shadow of the Bat 56, 57, and 58. It's a Poison Ivy and Floronic Man story. And it, it, so I wasn't expecting this kind of story. I was expecting like some kind of team up with maybe some of the green stuff being mentioned. But the story I got was super weird. It, uh, so, so Poison Ivy is an Arkham Asylum. She's, she, Jeremiah is talking to her, uh, doing his counseling and she gets a bouquet of flowers and she tells Jeremiah how in Victorian England, uh, there was like a whole like vocabulary based on flowers. So like different flowers meant different things. And so she gets this bouquet and she's like, oh, they're beautiful. And she says like, you know, whatever, roses are red, violets are green. Um, Jeremiah doesn't get the meaning of the flowers, but Poison Ivy does. And it turns out that the bouquet was a message from the Floronic Man because he was sending two of his hench ladies to break her out of Arkham. Um, anyways, once she gets broken out and she goes and finds Floronic Man, it turns out that he's become a drug dealer. He, he deals weed. Because after he fought Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing was trying to turn people into plants. So I thought that was interesting because it's relevant to this movie. Uh, Swamp Thing was trying to turn people into plants. Floronic Man tried to stop him. Swamp Thing cut his head off and they regrew his body in a lab. But as they're growing him in the lab, the lab assistant smokes weed in the lab and, like, exhales onto Floronic Man's head. And as a result, he becomes part marijuana and decides he wants to be a drug dealer and make the world a happy place by getting everyone high on weed. This is actually a thing. This is a story. It's the whole arc. Um, and he's super high all the time and he wants to impregnate poison ivy and have uh, a baby plant baby. 
Yeah. But aside from that, there's some interesting comparisons to the story here. So if you have some time and you want to pick up those issues, it's uh, Shadow of the Bat 56, 57, 58. Read them. Don't expect a whole lot. Uh, don't spend a whole lot. If you can get them for like 50 cents a piece, that's probably okay. I may have them. If they were drawn by Bray Fogle. They're not. They're okay, not. It, it's uh, it's written by Alan Grant. I can't remember who the artist is. The, the art's very 90s. In this movie, though, Fluorotic Man and Poison Ivy are teaming up to use a formula developed by Alec Holland, who's the Swamp Thing, to turn all of humanity into plants. Because humanity is destroying the Earth. So there, there's a whole like weird environmental message in this movie, uh, which felt a little bit preachy. Yep. But I didn't mind it too much. Uh, did you guys ever read like early, early uh, Ra's al Ghul stories? Yeah. Yes. It's it was very similar, right? Um, it was, but I think it, in a weird way, I think this was like more ridiculous with it. Why is that? I don't know, just the way, like, the whole speech towards the end where Harley was talking to Ivy about, you know, whatever, and she's like, well, you should vote Democrat and donate to this and do that, and you're just <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, I'm watching, I'm watching this Batman animated movie to not deal with real-world stuff. Yeah. So don't smash it in my face. To me, that was the first point where it really got heavy-handed. I didn't think it was very preachy up until that point. Personally. Yeah. Oh no, no, I I agree that that was where where it tipped the scales for me. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I think it got a little preachy beforehand. I think I think once we really started to see Poison Ivy and Florotic Man is when I started to maybe not like this movie as much. Because I thought the whole thing in the beginning was fine, like you know, Batman and Nightwing. Well, first of all, the fact that Nightwing was in it, I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I don't like what they do with Dick's eyes. Yeah, that was really strange. Right? Because so yeah, Bat, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. So Bat, oh Ronnie, hey Ronnie, welcome aboard. Um, Batman's got the white eyes, and so does Dick when he's got the mask on. But Dick's got pupils, except they're white. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's the point of that? <laughs> I don't know. It really looked off. It really looked off. It was weird. It was weird. The uh, I think the, the voice actor is the same as in previous animated uh, films, Lauren Lester. Um, so so that was cool that they had that. Um, of course, Kevin Conroy is the only Batman, so uh, you kind of need to have him. Although, from my understanding, the next movie is going to be Gotham by Gaslight, and Conroy is not Batman for that. Is it Gotham by Gaslight or is it Batman and Two Face? I thought it was Gotham by Gaslight. It's going to be the next one. I, I'm not. I just know New York Comic Con's having a preview. I think of a Batman and Two Face, maybe. Really? Yeah. Maybe it was Gotham by Gas. I don't remember. They're, they're premiering something in New York in a couple weeks. Interesting. I think that's how they're going to start drawing Nightwing's eyes when Sam Humphreys takes over as the writer. <laughs> oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm muting my mic. Why are you trying to egg Aaron on? I'm muting Bazinga. my mic. 
<laughs> hey, I was the, I was the kid that always poked sticks in the hornet's nest. So. <laughs> Not gonna uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so so I'm going to change the topic then, since since Ronnie brought up Bazinga. Uh, there is a uh, what's what's that terrible show called? Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory. There's a Big Bang Theory uh, connection to this movie. Yes, because. Yeah, Harley, Harley, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn is voiced by Melissa Rausch, who is I don't know, uh, Bernadette. Bernadette. There you go. Yeah. I know she's on it. I don't watch it. So yeah, Bernadette. I want I want to talk about this a little bit because I think this might have been my least favorite voicing of any character of any animated movie <laughs> or really? TV series ever. Yes, I wouldn't wow. go that far, but oh. it was absolutely the worst Harley Quinn I've ever heard. Oh, by far. I liked it. Really? I, I did. Liked it too. What? Yeah. How am I siding with Aaron on this? Because I'm always right, Martin. <laughs> All right, Paul Jr. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't believe that. What did you guys think about it? Because she did that. I mean, she, she always is going to do this kind of really ridiculously exaggerated Brooklyn type accent, but it. It wasn't as over the top to me as the actress that did it in the animated series. But that that's what made the character the character. You asked my question, you asked my opinion. That's why I asked. So I <laughs> Your opinion's wrong. Okay. <laughs> it's fine, I'll accept that. <laughs> well that's interesting though, because I thought this was way more over the top than in the animated series. I think I in, Go ahead. this I I honestly think that this one, she wavered between over the top and not over the top. And at times it was very jarring for me that she kind of tried to play it both ways and it didn't really work. So, so I think, I think I know what the difference is, Aaron, because you, you live in Hoboken, as we all know. Um, I, I grew up in New York city. And I think, I think the difference is you and I are very familiar with this accent and it wasn't, it wasn't good all the way throughout. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't consistent. I can grant that. I, I would agree with that. Was there was some? This is this is like uh, you know when you hear about like Jewish grandma jokes. Like this is the voice that you would hear, right? But only for part of it. But but only for part of it. Yeah. And and sometimes it was more accentuated than others, and that that just kind of bothered me. If they had been consistent throughout, I probably would have been okay with it. I think the voice itself was was good. Just I had an issue with the accent mostly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But it was funny though, because before we started recording here and we were talking about Harley being Jewish, I, I always thought that was the case. I never thought otherwise. Honestly, I, I mean, maybe they said something or hinted at something before, but when she started like yelling in Yiddish about stuff, I was like, <laughs> has Harley always been Jewish? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> well, and that's why I always assumed it because she's always had this type of accent. And the school that I went to growing up, there were, it was like 85% Jewish. So I heard, you know, these kids' grandmas picking them up from school every day and it was this, you know what I'm saying? So I, anytime I, I heard Harley, I always assumed Jewish, she was Jewish just based on the way she talked. Um, I don't think it's ever been said that she was Jewish. You're right about that. I don't remember that ever happening. Yeah, that's why I was questioning it. Like when, like I said, she starts yelling about like in Yiddish stuff when she stopped that one guy on the street. And Her like, ex-boyfriend? Yeah, I'm like, that's just <laughs> confusing. 
Yeah, that was pretty funny. That well, yeah, and then she even said that I think right toward the end, you left me for that shiksa. Yeah, that that yeah, was right. What, that was what jarred me. I was like, interesting. Mm-hmm. Like that's a weird way to take the character in this movie. We should be happy though that they used the uh, the original Harley outfit though. I was yes, mm-hmm. I was very pleased because they could have really easily given into the the know, sexy one pop culture of the yeah the booty yep. shorts and bustier that she wears now. Well, and they, yeah, they but, did play around with that a little bit, right? So when when Dick follows her home from Super Babes, we should talk about that. Um, but she's got a whole closet full of different Harley outfits. Yeah. And I thought that, that was that was a nice nod, right? Because she's talking about like every single outfit she's worn for the past twenty five years. Yeah, that, um, that's kind of like Lego Batman when they. Did yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. I like the the self referential stuff. There's there's quite a bit of that in this movie. I know uh, Jay tweeted at me about one of the things. What was what's the name of that book, Jay? The Seduction of the Innocent. The Seduction of the Innocent, which was perfect when it came up. Um, I guess we could just talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so well, there's a lot of sexual references in this movie. Oh yeah. There there are, and especially part- like like when they're at the bar. And the twins are singing. Yes, 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 yes. And one well, on his knees, and then the microphone is on the other <laughs> Right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I noticed it. Oh, yeah. It was I, I, an interesting choice of song, too. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was. Those are, whose henchmen are those? Is that Two-Face? No. I thought it was uh, Puppet Master or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. Because, because they look like Howdy Doody. But. They did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, initially, I was thinking like Tweedledee, Tweedledum, but I was like, no, that can't be them. Yeah. I'll come back to it, but I've got some some things to say about the music in there, too. <laughs> All right. Well, since we're still on the, the sexual thing, um, that was surprising. The movie doesn't kick off that way, but you start getting sexual innuendo pretty quickly. Um, okay. So Dick is sent, or Nightwing is sent by Batman to uh, find Harley because she's best friends with Poison Ivy. And so Batman wants some kind of in with uh, Poison Ivy to try to get her to stop her plans. Uh, plus they need to find her. And they figure maybe Harley will know where she's at. And Harley has given up her life for crime. She's out on parole. And she's working at Super Babes. Which is like uh, Hooters, but they dress up as superheroes and supervillains. Sexy superheroes. Sexy superheroes. That uh, needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't. We should start a Patreon for that. Oh Lord. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't. I don't. I don't know if like Time Warner or whatever Warner Brothers would want to do something like that with their characters. But I mean, it would be perfect at like, uh, well, I mean, an amusement park. All those sexy Halloween costumes. True. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, like, there aren't normal Halloween costumes. It's always like sexy this and sexy that when it comes yeah. to the comic book stuff. Yeah, that's true. Not complaining. But, uh, so at Super Babes, Harley is herself. Yes. And from what I saw, she was the only Harley in there. I saw a couple cat ladies. Uh, there was, uh, Satana. There was, uh, a couple Batgirls. Power, Power Girl, I think was on there. 
Uh, yeah, a couple of Batgirls. Starfire walked by. There was a Starfire, yep. Um, so that was cool. But she's the only Harley. And of course, we get to introduce her very quickly. One of the guys at the table tries to grab her ass. And uh, she knocks his ass out. Breaks his arm, I guess. Yep. And I, I thought that was pretty funny. There's a lot of humor in this movie. And I think that's one of the first times you see it. Um, the, when the guy's arm gets broken, he starts complaining to the guy, to the manager. And he's just like cooking the, a meal or whatever. And he just points over at the poster. He's like, you can look, but don't touch. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um, anyways, when Harley gets off, cosplay is not consent. Cosplay is, not consent. <laughs> is that our episode title? <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Dick follows us home, and they have a fight in an alley. And I, I, I got to make a point here. It seems to me, and I could be wrong completely, but it seems to me, based on what we've seen about Harley at, up until this point in the movie, that she actually wants to go straight. See now, that, yeah. I, yeah. There, there's some argument about that a little bit later, because she gets on the phone, and I almost feel like maybe there might have been some kind of plot. I guess she calls Poison Ivy, right? Is that who she's calling? Because they never explicitly say who she's on the phone with. But she's talking about, like... She's not? Was that in her head? Because I yeah, thought she's, ta- she's having a conversation with herself. Okay, okay. See, now that makes perfect sense. Okay, good. Thanks, Ronnie. I'm glad you paid attention. Um, but it seems like she wants to go straight. And Nightwing, no pun intended, is being a dick. So, you know? like Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, he, he's kind of egging her on. Like, I, there's no way you're reformed, this and that. Like... Why can't she be reformed, dude? You know what I'm saying? Like she, she's working at this shitty restaurant for minimum wage. That that was a problem that I had with this as well. You know, like like you said, she seems like she wants to be. She's doing whatever, and he's like, "I know you're still not really want to be. You know, you still want to be the bad person that you were, or whatever." It's like, but isn't your whole thing like you want to have them stop? <laughs> Well, right. do they though? Like, you gotta wonder sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Especially with Batman, right? Like, if, if there's no Joker, for example, like, what the hell does he do? I know there's been some stories about that. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of weird and out of character. Hmm. Especially for Dick. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and that kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, and then he, he like eggs around the whole time, dude. Like, he backs out into the alley, sitting kind of like, come on, let's, let's get on with the fight. And she's like, I just want to go the hell to my apartment. Yeah. That was a little messed up. But whatever. They start fighting, and she uses some Joker Venom to put Dick to sleep. And uh, it's not immediately obvious, I guess, but he starts laughing hysterically, and she knocks him out. When he wakes up, he's tied to her bed. And this is, of course, when we start getting into the sexual stuff. Which kind of doesn't stop for the rest of the film. And at first, it's not that big a deal, right? She's tied there. As, as Aaron told us, she's talking to herself. And all of a sudden, she gets undressed and she's going through her closet. And Nightwing gets a boner. <laughs> right? I mean, you don't yep. see it. You don't see it. No, but yeah, it's obvious. But he's staring at her ass. He kind of tries to look away, but he's peeking over. 
And of course, Cardi's talking the whole time. She turns around and looks at Dick and she's like, Oh, hello. And that's when she turns the lights out. And all you see is a kiss. So, I mean, you don't see anything. But I gotta tell you, I, I was gonna watch this with my seven year old because she loves watching all these animated movies with me. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because, yeah. like, I'm, I'm sure she wouldn't understand it. But at the same time, like, I kind of don't want her asking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The last couple of years, the DC animated stuff, I stopped watching it with my younger kids because it's not, you know, it, it's not like the stuff when we were younger. It's definitely mm-hmm. taken a much edgier. When it was, when it had that brief two, three days in the theater, it was 13. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a rated PG-13 on the theatrical release. Huh. I guess that makes sense. Hmm. Um, e- even then, though, I mean, 13, yeah, I guess that's okay here. Because um, that's what, if your parent agrees to it, it's okay? Yeah, I, I don't really know. Check, yeah, but... that's probably right. I mean, there, there's no profanity or anything. I think there might be one bad word. In Harley said shit a couple oh, times. Oh, yeah, let's say, if she says goddamn one. Yeah, yeah, that, that there you go. T- towards the end, when they're in the in the swamp. Um, but other than that, like, there's no profanity, and really, it's all innuendo. There's no nudity. Um, even when you see Harley's ass, I mean, she's a, she's wearing her underwear, and it's not like visible, but she is in a sexual position. So, uh, I thought that was interesting, um, but I'm not surprising entirely. Um, so Bruce Tim wrote this movie. Yes. And I don't know if you guys have seen, like, Bruce Timm's, like, he puts out, like, art books. And they're uh, they're pretty risque. But are they sort of marketed towards kids? They're not marketed towards kids. There you go. And and that was an issue here, right? Because, as you said in the beginning, you, you liked the intro to this movie because it was very comedic. And there, there's a lot of comedy throughout. Like when they're, when they have that fight at the bar, at the karaoke bar, mm-hmm. it's like straight Batman 66, right? It's like the pow, kabow, like the sound effects. Um, that, that it, one thug. <laughs> yeah, ow, my balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's kind of weird, but, but definitely not meant towards a young audience. I mean, I guess it's just meant for people that like us that grew up watching the animated series. Yeah. Quick, quick little tidbit. Do you know who voiced Booster Gold? Uh, wasn't it Kevin? Uh, oh, Bruce Tim did. It would be Bruce Tim. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But that was kind of fun. Yeah, that is fun. I know, one of the things about the humor in this thing that really, it amused me was that there's all this humor going on and every bit of it was completely lost on Batman, who has zero sense of humor. I mean, anytime somebody said something funny, he was just deadpan. That's my Batman! Yeah, I know, that's, I like that. That's, <laughs> but it's just, it's amusing, and they really played that up. Yeah, and like when um, Booster was on the call, and Nightwing was doing all the hand gestures and stuff. Yeah. And like, he did the jerking off <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Harley's like rolling her eyes in the backseat and Bang's just like stone pan the whole time. <laughs> oh man, yep. 
Yes, yeah, that was the, good. The one thing that Batman does is during the song where he starts tapping his fingers. I thought that bit. was hilarious. Oh, it was. It was hilarious. And yeah. Dick looks over, Nightwing looks over and Batman sees him and stops immediately. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> I almost got caught showing an emotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But see, I like those kind of moments, right? Because they, they, they play to the seriousness, but there's, there's a little comedic thing in the background. I think the subtlety works better than when you have just outrageous, like slapstick, for example, right? And I, th- I think that's one thing I don't like about a lot of the interpretations of Harley is the slapstick. Just like I don't like uh, what, what's the other guy? Deadpool. I hate Deadpool because they always turn him into some clown that just makes jokes about everything, right? Um, and right. I love I love Remender's X Force because he's not that in that book. And that's why I think I, Aaron and I agree the best Harley was the animated series Harley because you have humor, but it's not just about the humor. Yep. You yep. know, like in her book now, she's just like throws poop at people and stuff like that's not funny. I mean, maybe it might be funny to like 13 year olds. I don't know. Book sells gangbusters, so it does. That's true. I don't know. I just thought that was uh. Eh. But, again, because it is Bruce Tim, it kind of makes sense that they would try to stick to the old animated formula, but bring in something a little more risque just for those kind of fans. Right. And, you know, if, if that's the way that we want to look at it, then I think all that stuff is fine. But, again, because, like, we all have kids and we all grew up watching this stuff, it seems to me that they should try to make more of an effort to appeal to both audiences. Um, and that's weird for me to say, because usually like this kind of thing doesn't bother me at all. You know, like I'm the guy that grew up watching horror flicks, people being decapitated when I was like five or six, you know what I'm saying? Like my dad and I were watching that. Um, I'm the same way, but at the same time, if I'm going to watch a Batman animated movie, I don't go into it thinking I'm going to see people get decapitated and stuff like that. I go into it thinking I'm going to see something I can watch with my kids and not have to worry about, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yep. So. Oh, this is like killing joke, right? Like we, we would, we automatically oh, right. know that that's not going to be a thing. Correct. Ronnie, you were saying? No, I was just reiterating that point. The, it, it would since it was the animated in the vein of the animated series, I was surprised that they had, had the sexual innuendo type stuff in mm-hmm. there. I don't think it hurt it. No, I don't so think it hurt two, it. There's only like two major issues that I had with this whole movie. Okay. And one, and one we already discussed, which is Nightwing's pupils. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was, like, really jarring, like, all the time. Even when Harley gets on him in the bedroom, Uh like, she's supposed to have pupils, and he's not. And, I mean, it's just there. And then the other major issue is later on that we haven't got to yet, but. We can get to it now. What's the major, major issue? A swamp thing. Oh God, yes. That's that's my one big pet peeve of this movie. He's like, like four hundred feet tall for one, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. But why the hell is he even there? 
Exactly. The runtime. But runtime, like four solid, you know, like four different musical numbers that went the whole length of the song. Dude, but Swamp Thing was there for like 30 seconds. Yeah. They needed an extra 30 seconds. Oh, come on, dude. Swamp Thing pop up and then pop back away. On a 74 minute movie, you don't need that to happen. (laughs) The thing, the problem I, the issue I had was, it was not the size or the few seconds he was there. You talked about being kind of preachy. His little monologue that he gave was such a sermon. You know, he talked about all this stuff and he said, but it's not my place to judge you and all this stuff. And because I thought Batman and Nightwing and Harley thinking, all right, Swamp Thing's going to kick, uh, Flora, you know, going to kick his ass. And he, and he does it. He just kind of gives a sermonette and then sinks back into the swamp. And <laughs> yeah, that was really a waste of time, wasn't it? Harley I mean- said it. Harley said it back best. He said, "Well, that was a big bag of nothing." And I, I, I wonder. I wonder how much of that is Bruce Tim just kind of telling us to fuck off. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I mean, like maybe that's that, maybe that's the wrong way to put it, but like having Swamp Thing in there makes sense because it has to do with the Earth and the green and stuff. But even if you just had like the Easter egg of Doctor Alec Colwan doing research. You know, that little part. But then to have him show up and absolutely not, not do a damn thing is just crazy. Well, for one, you know you know that you're going to have Swamp Thing in here, right? Because the formula that Ivy and Floronic Man are after is based on Swamp Thing's experiment, right? You get that, like, right, at yeah. the very beginning. Very right, beginning. Right. Uh, but you and think so, he's going to do something. Yes. You, well, you... You hope he's gonna do something. So I would have been much, I would have been much better with this movie if they, if they go to the swamp to get uh, whatever, the water, right? That's what they need. They need the water from the swamp, um, cause it's got some kind of special properties. Um, by the way, did you guys catch the name of the swamp? No, you say that. No, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Okay. So the swamp is, uh, the, the Ween Wrightson swamp. Because oh. Swamp Thing was created by Len Wein and Bernie Rison. Oh. Okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah. It's the, the Wein Rison Swamp. So that was, that was a nice nod, especially now that Len Wein just passed away, right? Right. Um, and surely, like, the movie's not time for that. It was time for Harley Quinn Day. Um, but still, that was nice. Um, anyways, so, so they're going to the swamp to get the water from the swamp. There's something special about it. Uh, that's what the doctor that Ivy's uh, mind controlling said. So you're you're expecting Swamp Thing to show up. I think that's that's part of their problem. You you see Alec Holland turn to Swamp Thing at the beginning of the movie through you know whatever CCTV. Then they talk about having to go to the swamp. So you're expecting there's going to be some awesome Swamp Thing appearance. Um, even even if he doesn't resolve the the issue, like there's going to be some Awesome fight with him. And then he shows up. Yes, he's 30 feet tall, which doesn't make sense, but really not that big a deal. Uh, but they make a big deal of, of him showing up, right? Like the trees part, the full moon comes out. There's like butterflies yeah. and fireflies floating everywhere. And then something comes out. And he's like, uh, you know, the earth is not happy with you because, um, like, you know, you're hurting the balance or whatever. 
Um, like it's not even though humanity is destroying the world, it's not okay for you to destroy humanity. But then, I, like you guys said, who am I to judge? Let me head back into the swamp and commune with the trees and have a good day. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like that's that's not nah. that's that's not even like some kind of twist, right? Mm. Like that's just to piss people off. There, there, there's no other way. <laughs> it, that, there's nothing else that it could be. You mean also like how Harley to get poison ivy to stop? She, she had starts to use crying. The nuclear option of wiping off her face paint and crying. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See, so that's why I said the first half of this movie was fine. When they actually try to resolve the issue, is when things start going downhill. See, another another sexual reference is uh, Poison Ivy controlling the guy through a kiss, right? Like, most of the time that we've seen that, it's like with dust or pollen or whatever, where she blows it in their face. Well, no, it, it depends on what you look at. Because in, in, in the mid-90s, um, it was the kiss. Right. So it depends on what time frame you're looking at. I do like the the dust better than the kiss, um, because the the kiss. I mean, I, obviously, I'm not a feminist, but I do have daughters, um, and just the kiss makes it a little too over sexualized for no reason other than to be sexual. I mean, that works okay here because there's a lot of sexual stuff in this movie, but right. overall, it's not necessary. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, it, it was interesting because there's there's a lot of mixing and matching throughout all the characters' histories in order to make this movie. I don't know how well that works for me, knowing a lot about all these characters. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think for for an average comic fan or somebody who doesn't watch anything but the animated movies or whatever, like it's probably okay. Uh, but I think if you're like steeped in, in all the histories, it becomes a little convoluted, right? Because you're like, okay, you establish the characters as one thing, but then the next scene, you're showing this other thing. And to me, that's weird. I don't know. For me, I have always tried to make a pretty concerted effort of trying to separate films and animated films books. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about within, within the movie itself. Yeah, within the movie itself. Yeah. And again, you, you, you're right, Jay. It might be because in the, in my, in the back of my head, I have a lot of that comic history. So maybe some of that does bleed in. But I think within the movie itself, you see different contradictory things for some of these characters. Oh, you're right. I agree. And, and it's a little odd, you know? Well, isn't it that, uh, we were, we went to Bloodhaven and Nightwing didn't even know that that bar existed? That was odd. But I mean, when, when does this take place though? Because oh, yeah, this, well, I'm trying to think. So there's no official thing of whether this is part of the animated universe or not. But if I remember right, Bruce Tim said it was. No, I that's thought not... that I said that it was. I thought that I saw that he said it was, yeah. Yeah, he, he said it was, but I don't know if that's like an official thing. You see what I'm saying? Like from DC. So. <laughs> So I don't know, like, if they necessarily need to make that a thing where Dick's already been 
living in Bloodhaven before this happens. It's kind of funny. This may be just my OCD. One, one, a minor irritation for me was when they saw the sign, Bloodhaven. They didn't have that little umlaut over the letter U. That's not how. That's not right. That's not, that's not how you spell it. Damn it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Isn't the swamp in Bloodhaven? That's your, that's your OCD, Jay. I know. I agree. <laughs> I, I recognize that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a little weird. See, that was another thing. That, there's a lot of cool vignettes in this, but I think overall as a story, there's nothing really connecting everything together uh, in, in one cohesive story. You know? And and they bring up a lot of things that never really get brought up again. Like the whole thing with Nightwing and Harley sleeping together. Like, I don't expect them to delve into it, right? This is not like a relationship movie. But, uh, like, it would have been... Cool to maybe see a nod or two about it. I think. Well, Batman like, disapproves. Well, Batman disapproves, yes, because he walks in and they're like tickling each other. They're having a tickle fest on the bed. Yeah. Um, but, but outside of that, there's no mention of it. I think at one point they're walking down the street. I think it's before they, they find Harley's ex-boyfriend. Um, which that whole scene could have been thrown out, really. Uh, a lot but, of this I thought could have been thrown out. Be, before they find him on the street, I think Dick says something about it. And Harley just like brushes it off like it never happened. Um, but then at another point, she's like, Oh, like you're the kind of guy that will sweet talk a girl to get information, then never talk to them again. Um, I don't know if that's like her psychosis. Uh, maybe. Or I, I don't know. Maybe just that, that being used as a way to kind of brush the whole thing off. Um, she, it, she did say though at one point, I might call you sometime when I run out of battery. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I forgot about the battery joke. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I don't know, I just wish there would have been something a little more cohesive, especially from Bruce Tim, right? Like, if Bruce Tim is writing this, I'm expecting a whole lot more than what we got. That was my overall feeling as well. Yeah. That they they were touting this as Bruce Tim is back doing Batman stuff, and this was a bit of a letdown for me. Yep. Yeah, I don't think it was as good as I think could have been. Did anybody other than me feel like that the musical numbers were just filler, time filler? Yeah, that that's what. Yeah, what I was saying before, like you could cut out. I mean, the two songs in the middle of the movie. You could have made, you know, just little snippets that that whole thing took 30 seconds instead of taking, you know, six minutes of runtime. And you could have done something at the end that would have explained it better or resolved it better. Well, really, that that whole karaoke bar scene could have been cut out. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the only, so the only point of it, I, if I remember correctly, is for Harley to talk to Shrubby. Right. Yeah. Which whose si- sidekick is he? Or minion or whatever. I'm, I'm I'm assuming there's a relation to Poison Ivy. I don't remember that. I don't remember him at all. In any yeah. Way. Yeah. Okay. But just based on the shrubby, like the name, I assume it's a connection to Poison Ivy. By the way, the fact that he's got a green afro, I thought that was hilarious. Because uh, not only does it make him look like a shrub, but like, you know, he's an African-American guy and he's got an afro and it's green. I thought that was kind of funny. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, that whole scene could have been thrown out. Because there was no point. They, she goes to talk to Shrubby, and then Batman and Nightwing fight all the sidekicks. Because, I mean, really, this is a sidekick bar. By the way, somebody should make a comic about a bar for sidekicks. I think that would be awesome. I think some of the, I think they did that on the tick one time. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like something that was on the tick. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, yes. Yeah. That's the, uh, the episode is the tick versus the tick. Because there's the guy that's actually dressed like a tick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? Perfect. Thanks to Tick. Your great animated series. Um, anything else we want to talk about this movie, or should we wrap it up? I don't know. For me, I'll just... This is going to sound crazy. The, the, one of the biggest laugh-out-loud moments... This was a cheesy moment. It's when Harley breaks wind <laughs> in the Batman. <laughs> that was maybe my least favorite part <laughs> of the entire thing. The one thing that was funny, though, to me, and again, Bruce, you know, Nightwing's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And Batman says, it's not that bad. It smells like discipline. <laughs> that was just a funny-ass <laughs> line to me. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, have, I don't I, watch I, Batman movies for fart jokes. I don't know. Well, you know well, but you you need to expect that with Harley being here. I mean, do I? <laughs> with the Harley that we have now, yes. Like, she's not as outrageous as what we have in the comics, but yes. Uh. This was linked to the latest open bar, too, because, like, Dick and Harley just did it, right? Yeah. Then he's breaking wind in the Batmobile. That's true. There's a toilet talk. I'm not going to explain that. This podcast is PG, but you can go listen to open bar. That's a uh, R-rated Podcast, and uh, you'll find out what that means. NC-17. Yeah, yeah, NC-17. <laughs> I would say it's at least NC-17. And, and so, not for work, either. They, they have explicit tags on iTunes. Is there, like, a special tag for Open Bar? There needs to be. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, good call, Ronnie. There is a connection to something that, as a matter of fact, I brought up on that podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's some good moments. Uh, I, overall, I think I enjoyed the movie. Um, it's by far from being, uh, the, the best. Um, but, it, but it's, it's, it's middle of the road. I mean, I, I, if I had to rate it, it'd be like a three out of five, probably. I liked it, but I don't really plan on watching it again. And that's, that's kind of bad for me because generally I buy all these and this one I actually ended up renting it and I don't think I'm going to, Get it. Yeah, yeah I mean, if I, I catch it on sale. Every every few years, I usually watch through a bunch of the animated stuff, so maybe I'll watch this again at some point mm-hmm. when I forget how disappointed I was in it. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I would probably give it two out of five. Kevin Conroy is my Batman Tamos. Ooh, yes. Huh. Yeah, the one thing I would say about just the animation itself, I thought they did a damn good job of recreating the feel of the animated just the animation itself and the characters and the way they were rendered it looked like the animated series the yeah i'll give you that yeah. batman was a lot slimmer yeah but, but other than that i totally agree yeah it gets a three out of five just for that factor i mean it should lose a couple stars based on trying to imitate that fantastic series that's all i gotta say <sighs> but if it's bruce tim can you say it's imitating that's 
Right. Yeah, right. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I don't know. I just this. If I might have actually rated higher had I not known that Bruce Tim was involved in this. How could you not? Because like they hyped it as his return. Yeah, exactly. And just it was meh, you know. Like I said, not not much to excite me. Uh, and if you know, if you watch it and you enjoy it, that's fine. I'm happy for you. Um, it's it's not a waste of 74 minutes. I mean, don't get me wrong. No, it's only a waste of about 20 minutes. It, yeah, it's a waste of about 20, 15 maybe. Yeah. Um, so majority is good. Yep. And, and I think. For me, though, it, it's going back to the animators, because unlike you and Jay, who just went back and re-watched something for however long you guys are, I haven't seen it since it like came out, so it was a good visit back to that series. Well, I think because I've been watching, that made me understand that this this one, that the look of this really feels... It's like there are sections of that, of it, if you turn the volume off and don't listen to the dialogue, and just saw raw animation. I don't know if you could tell that that wasn't part of the animated series. Hmm. To me, I think hmm. I think it was that well done as far as being like the, the original series. Interesting. So that means the listener's homework is to watch it with the audio on, and then they watch it with it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Do like Mystery Science Theater 3000. You know, make up your own song. That's right. Mm, I like that. Oh, we should <laughs> we should do that one day. Why don't we do that? <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. All right, let's wrap this one up. Thanks for listening to our discussion of DCU Presents Batman Harley Quinn. We hope that name's correct because we kind of made it up. Anyways, I want to thank uh, Jay and uh, Ronnie and Aaron for joining Ronnie and Aaron, it's the first time you guys have been on uh, on this Batman podcast. Yeah, it's the it first is. Time that- welcome, welcome aboard. I hope you guys uh, join more often. It's Anyways. It's the first time that Aaron and I have been on the podcast to talk about DC in quite a while. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. I was hoping you guys had picked a name for your new podcast so we could announce it. But you guys can find that. Rebirthically will be... Uh, whenever the the new name is launched, the the all rebirthically episodes will move over to the new DC podcast. So um, subscribe to rebirthically, and then you'll get those episodes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're all on Twitter. Jay is at Jay Forgets. Uh, Aaron is at Aaron S. Bell. Ronnie is at Rombar three sixteen. I'm at Geekvine. And collectively, you could I guess find us all at Nerd Legion. That's a possibility. I think that's it. We'll be back in a few days with another episode. Have a good one.